Welcome to Last in Line Podcast, where we are highlighting, showcasing, and spotlighting great leaders of faith who have overcome adversity, cultivated resilience, and served others in a significant capacity. So settle in and be encouraged by this episode of Last in Line Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Glad you could join us. Glad you're back. Uh, it's not an accident, like I normally say. You are meant to be here. God had it uh, designed, and it is on purpose, so welcome. Have a seat. Get comfortable. Uh, we have got a good one for you today because I figure I would just kind of dogpile on to apparently everybody else talking about mindset, and really unbeknownst to me that I was dogpiling at the time, but as I'm recording this, I'm starting to see uh, there's been quite a quite a rush in that direction on podcast. But I feel like if God has ordained it, God has, you know, sent it to be said, and doesn't matter how many people talk about it, it must be a worthy topic. Uh, so I'm going with the mindset direction tonight, but I got a little different spin on it, a little different take, and I'm calling this getting a head start, okay? Pun intended on head, three keys to a healthy headspace. We are talking about getting a head start because I believe that a lot of our good, I believe that a lot of our blessing, a lot of our success, a lot of our behavior, of course, a lot of the manifestations of our inner self start in our head. So we're calling it head start. And you and I both know who doesn't want a head start if we're in a race, right? Who uh, who doesn't have an advantage if they get a head start, right? You remember growing up as a kid, if you were, you know, challenging a younger, less talented uh kid to a race, you gotta you gotta give them a head start, right? If you already have an advantage, uh size, speed, strength, you give them a head start to make it equal. Well, the head start is a clear advantage in most races. Um so I would say the advantage in this case, if we're starting in the right place in our head, then things that follow will ultimately be in line with God's plan for us, in line with serving other people, in line with playing a role of significance and success. So we're going to get a head start tonight. Um, and I'll say it's counterintuitive to talk about getting out of your own head uh, in the in the way that I'm going to talk about it, because the world will tell you, hey, if you're struggling, if you feel frustrated, if you're anxious, you gotta, you're in your own head. You gotta get out of your own head. And that's true because sometimes we overanalyze, put too much pressure on ourselves in our own headspace. But I'm saying we get in our own head in this case. I'm telling us get in our own head, you know, and quit spending so much time trying to get in other people's head. I think that's what a lot of society and culture is doing nowadays is. How much can I get in someone else's head? How can I figure out what they're thinking? Let me analyze why they did this, why they thought this, why they said this. Let's get in our own head for a change because that's where it starts. So to get a head start, we got to think first about 
where our behavior begins. Okay. What breeds our action? Where do our actions, where are they born? And it's in our thoughts, right? Words start as a thought. Actions start as a thought. Uh, I don't know why we wouldn't want an advantage by getting a head start over our spiritual enemy, just like we do any competition or adversary or enemy that we have in the real world, in sports, in business. We want to compete against people. And anything that can give us an advantage of a head start, we take it usually. So why wouldn't we do that in our spiritual walk? I say we get in our own heads and we get a head start and, and start there. So here we go. Um, we're, you know, I think these gifts that we've been given between our, between our ears, you know, they say it's the six inches between your ears is the most sacred space when it comes to performing at a high level in athletics for sure. But I'll say in a lot of different areas because mind can play tricks on us and in relationships, we can start to, get a little crazy uh, with putting words in other people's mouths, assuming too much, jumping to conclusions, overanalyze, overcomplicate. And, and I think that gets us into a sticky situation. And we obviously can get it. It can get us into conflict. It can get us into division. But I will say we have been given a gift between our ears, this six inches. We've been given ideas. We've been given epiphanies. We've been given uh, intuition, revelation, right? Intelligence. Uh, but we've also got insecurities and fears, doubts, uh, struggle, uh, just different weaknesses that we dwell on within that six inches between our ears. So the mindset is a terrible thing to waste, right? And we are going to dive in today to three keys to a healthy headspace. And I, I bet you guys have probably done some thinking on this as well. You know, it's a new year, of course, and, and you know, we're blink our eyes and we're almost already in March. Uh, it was 84 degrees today in South Texas. I, I mean, it's it's springtime, baby. I think we're out of the woods. I think we're out of the cold snaps. Hopefully there's no surprises with any sort of freezing temperatures coming our way. But South Texas is a beautiful thing in February when it's 84. I can't can't complain. Um, but I gotta I gotta tell you, you know, we're 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 starting this new year out, and mindset is a hot topic. Mindset is a focus for business coaches, professional coaches, uh, life coaches. It's a big thing for pastors. You know, a lot of churches are talking about mindset. Um, it's everywhere on social media. Motivation, inspiration is all around how you think of yourself, how you think of others, what you consider mentally before you take action. Uh, positivity, obviously, so mindset is going to always be a thing. We're always going to talk about it. And it's always going to be a factor in our success. Um, because again, all of our behavior and actions and steps come after a thought. And so these three keys that I say to a healthy headspace, um, 
and you know, trying to get to these places, uh, it can be can be a battlefield sometimes. It it does the battlefield of the mind is a real place. Um, and it an idle mind creates more opportunity for the enemy to play around. And it's called, you know, people call an idle mind the devil's playground. And and I would agree with that. So there's a lot of different facets to this. Um, you know, we've got to keep our mind challenged. It's a muscle. We got to keep training it. We got to keep stretching it. We got to keep challenging it. Got to keep building it. And uh, so these three ways hopefully will get you there. We'll get you in a healthy headspace. Uh, the first one I would say, I said it before, though, thoughts breed actions. So I'm going to call this this little section the drive versus dread section. So when we get in our own headspace, and I, I encourage that we do that right now, we climb into our own headspace, take serious inventory of the things we're dreading, the things we're driven toward, why those are, uh, what we feed will grow. So as we're feeding this dread that we get, this fear, this doubt, this apprehension, insecurity, as we start to feed that with more activity in our mind, we we allocate those resources within our brain to that. And in that direction, we start to feed the fear, we feed the doubt, we feed the the lies that the enemy is feeding us. We start to feed on those and we start to grow that aspect of our mind. We start to cater to that thought that is, you can't do this, you're not good enough, uh, they won't like you, they won't appreciate it, you're not meant to succeed. You know, all these things that are lies from the pit of hell, we know. We we start feeding those, and it, it starts to really paralyze our progress. It really starts to uh, not only demotivate us as people, but it it cuts our legs out from under us. Uh, and then ultimately, it shortchanges God's plan and purpose and design for what He's got for us. And and so the dreading, and I'm I'm as guilty of it as anybody. Like I. There are certain things I just dread doing, and I've I've covered some of those in the past. You know, in my job, the administration stuff, the reports and spreadsheets, and just different administrative tasks. That's not my wheelhouse. I'm in sales. That's not what makes me a good salesperson. Like it's not my thing, but it's necessary, obviously. Uh, but I dread those and. I dread big uh, corporate events. Uh, I'm just not one of those, uh, you know, I'm a very sociable person, but I'm just not a let me get everybody look at me. Let me let me toot my own horn. Let me pad my resume. Let me hobnob with and rub elbows with the big wigs, the corporate people. I'm just not that person. Um, so I dread those things. Or... Couldn't I look at that as an opportunity? Couldn't I look at that as an opportunity to know, get to know newer new people, to go and learn something, to go actually be a witness, you know, for my faith at times when other people, uh, when there's distractions and temptations out there that I stand for something noble and full of character and integrity. Like I should look at those opportunities as that. Um, but too often I'm just dreading it, right? Um, I have a thing this weekend that I'm really kind of not looking forward to, but it's necessary. And 
we're going to, we're going to power through, but I have to be away from my family for three nights. It's just a whole thing. So drive on the other hand of this, there's, there's always a yin and the yang. There's always, uh, with every action, there's a reaction. So I'm saying that, that the opposite of dread is going to be drive and why, what we're driven is based on our strengths that drives us. We're attracted to those things that we're good at. Of course we are. We're attracted in the direction of areas we might shine and thrive and, and flourish and prosper. We're, we're going to go toward any activity that pulls out things that we're good at so that we can succeed. Why is that? I don't know. I guess it's, it's self-gratifying to know that you've done some sort of work. You've been good at it and it's helped or served or been productive in a particular industry marketplace with people it it it's gratifying there's nothing wrong with that i'm going to tell you now there's not a thing wrong with that um but it, those are based on our strengths and i believe dreads based on our weakness so my encouragement to you i guess on this particular one where we're talking about thoughts breathe actions control your thoughts the bible says take every thought captive as obedient to christ right cast down those strongholds take every thought captive. Like we we have a choice, we have control. The devil doesn't make us do anything, but he knows what our weaknesses and vulnerabilities are, and then he preys upon those. Of course, he comes to kill, see, steal, kill, and destroy. Kill, steal, and destroy. I don't know. It's in whatever order you want those to be in. Uh, but he comes with a purpose, and and he's a predator after his prey. And and if we allow him, he will prey upon our thoughts and he will feed us lies and and they will grow our it will it will grow our fears and our and our doubts but the drive let's make a choice to go that way even on things that we dread let's catch ourselves and then let's tease out some of the areas of those dreads that could be something that drives us something that we can pull out of it that's productive uh positivity out of a situation where we ordinarily might dread it. Again, it's based on nobody likes to focus on their weaknesses. Nobody likes to be in an environment where that expose the weaknesses are exposed. Nobody likes to go into those situations. So I say we go right into those situations. I say we identify them and I say we go run a hundred miles an hour right in the face of it. And we get in the belly of that beast on whatever we're dreading and let's knock it out. Because the drive will come natural. We'll gravitate toward that. We don't have to think about it. We don't have to put a whole lot of effort in because we know we'll we'll gravitate in that area because it's going to bring out and expose our strengths. But we got to take some effort. We got to be intentional. We got to go and be on purpose in the face of the dread. That's the first one. Second one is thoughts reinforce God's word about us. So these are three keys to having a healthy headspace. Okay. First one is understanding thoughts, breed action. So we got to make a choice on drive and dread. Got to make a choice on this one. Thoughts. We got to know what God says about it. We got to reinforce what he says about us, what his word says about us. It's a love letter to his people. We are his people. We are his children. You know, he tells us that we are a, a new creation in Christ. He tells us we can do all things in Christ. He tells us that we are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. So if you notice a lot of these scriptures, that's God affirming us and reinforcing our goodness and our purpose and us being worthy 
uh, to him as children, all of that comes with in Christ. So it's not just us. We're not, it's not in the, we're not independently successful and prosperous and we can do all things by ourselves. We are his masterpiece by ourselves. We, uh, what was the first one I said? I can't remember, but we, you know, we can do all things by ourselves. Like it, we can't, it doesn't say that. So in Christ with Christ as believers, that's the prerequisite, but we've got to reinforce to ourselves because we will believe our own voice. We will believe the lie. We will believe the truth if we're speaking it. So we've got to read the word. We've got to reinforce the word in our spirit, in our mind. And then we will walk as if we've already won. We will walk as if we are those things that we're speaking. And we will walk as if we are in agreement with the Father who created us. Okay? I know more about my kids, I think, than they know about themselves. So when I say, you can go do that. I've seen you do stuff like this before. I know you can do it. That I am being, if they can say that to themselves and they can believe what I'm saying because I know them better than they know themselves, that empowers them. That creates an inner uh, fire. It kind of revs the inner engine that gets them moving forward and progressing because they believe what I say because they know I've seen them do it. They know I know what I'm talking about, even though they may doubt if I have faith in them, that is enough for them. So if God has faith in us and he says what he says about us, that ought to be enough for us to make, to, to make the determination that we're not wavering off of who he says we are, what he says we are, what he says we can do. Regardless of the distractions, the noise, the enemy, okay, whatever your neighbors are saying, your coworkers are saying, your teammates are saying, your friends are saying, social media saying, whatever all of those noises are saying, they're if they're not affirming and reaffirming what Christ says about us and what God's word says about, they get trashed. You chew the meat, you spit out the bone. Okay, if these words from other people, external sources, don't align with God's word about us, spit it out. So we got to filter the acceptance. We got to filter how much weight we put on acceptance of others. And we've got to filter what we're trying to ingest from others. So the acceptance of others and information from others, we've got to filter all of that. Can't be defined by acceptance. Can't be defined by affirmation of other people. Yes, it's nice. It's nice. But if we're checking in with the Father and we're checking in with His Word and we're checking in with what He says about us and then all these other ancillary items line up, then okay. That's icing on the cake. But that's not what we base it on. So that's the second one is thoughts reinforce what God's word says about us. And the last one. So here we go, guys. This is the last one. We are dialing in to getting a head start and starting our behavior, actions, words with our thoughts in our head. So the head start, this is our third key to a healthy headspace. 
healthy mindset develops confidence. So this doesn't really tell you how to have a healthy mindset. This one actually shows you the byproduct of a healthy mindset, which is confidence. And the way you can actually feel what that is like, you can actually simulate a confident spirit is to play out your victory. Play the game film before the game's over. Play it out in your mind what this situation's going to look like when you actually do it well, when you actually operate in the fullness of your gifts, when you walk in God's blessing, anointing, provision, His favor. When you walk in that, you seek you seek Him first. You get that, you know, He co-signs in your spirit. He endorses you to move forward. And then you go, you have to see yourself. And, and I know, hey, we can get a little fluffy here. We can get a little uh, kumbaya-ish. Uh, it can get a little, I don't know what to call it, but I'm going to tell you, we can we can get off the rails here if we try to get too much into this. Oh, you know, it's all about affirmations and it's all about visualizations. Those are important. But, you know, I know some people can actually pour their entire identity into those. But what I'm saying is you you play out this victory in your mind. Visualizations do have a place. They do play a role in your confidence. Uh, but it's not the end all be. I'm not telling you if you close your eyes and squint real hard and grunt real hard and you see it that in five minutes it's going to be a reality. Like we're not talking about a genie in the bottle here. But I, I will tell you, I'll give you an example. My son, when he played baseball, he was a pitcher. One of my sons, they all played, but he was a pitch, the only pitcher. And uh, his pitching coach, before a big game, his senior year, it was, you know, the recruiting trail was hot and heavy. We were trying to figure out colleges he was going to go to. And we had a few options, but we just really weren't sold on anything yet. Early in the season, this was before COVID canceled his senior season. Uh, but early in the season before COVID happened, he had an outing that was very important. And he knew it was going to be a big game. It was it was at our home field. It was a big tournament that we host every year. And he was playing one of the good teams from one of the areas here in the Houston area. He knew there was pressure. He knew there would be scouts there. He knew the expectation was high on him. He knew his team was counting on him. He's a senior. He's one of the main guys. Uh, so his pitching coach had him lay down at one of their practices, one of their pitching uh, instruction uh, sessions, and had him lay down on his back, close his eyes, and literally had him verbalize each batter that he knew. So he would say, batter, you know, leadoff batter, first guy. Here's when I'm pitching, first pitch. He would have him articulate each pitch all the way through the lineup of nine players. And he would take the coach. He was he was narrating this game pitch by pitch, what he was doing, what that guy, what that batter did, what his reaction was, how he made adjustments, locations, type of pitch, velocity. Like he was literally detailing every single minute of this batting lineup as he's facing them as the pitcher. Uh, he did that and. He the next day he had the game. He went out. Um, he dominated. He had 12 strikeouts. 
he pitched, I think, maybe four innings and only gave up like a couple of hits, no runs. Uh, it was a stellar performance. And I can only attribute it to just him being able to see himself, regardless of what we were telling him, but he he could see himself doing the things that he had put the work in to ultimately lead to this outcome. And so he had put in the work. He knew that the outcome, what he wanted it to be, he visualized it and he spoke it. God knows what our outcome is. God knows how he created us for, for greatness. He knows how he created us in his likeness, in his image. So God knows he visualizes our outcome too. So we've got to get in line with what he says, what he thinks about us. That's where we start. We To get a head start, we got to start in the head. We got to get a head start by starting in the head. We get out in front of our enemy. We get out in front of the competition. We get out in front of our ourselves, actually, if we get in our own way, which we can. But we got to play out the victory. And so this last one, the healthy mindset develops confidence by playing out the victory, by actually seeing and believing in what God has for us, who he says we are, what he says we can do. So. Guys, to outrun the enemy, to outrun uh, the negative parts of ourselves, we got to get a head start. To get a head start, we got to start in our heads. We got to get a key. We got to get mindset as a focal point. We got to start there. Then, then comes our words. Then comes our actions. So, three keys to a healthy headspace. To recap, guys, thoughts breed actions. Okay, drive versus dread. Choose to run in the direction of dread and watch the good that comes out of it and understand the difference. Thoughts reinforce, number two, thoughts reinforce God's word about us. Okay, filter the acceptance, filter what you're saying about yourself, and then the healthy mindset develops confidence. Play out your victory, and you will. You will see it, guys. You will have a head start because you chose to start in your own head. With that, be blessed.